Please find your seats. The performance is about to begin. Welcome to Seats on the Aisle, a podcast produced by Theatre Lawrence. I'm your host, Executive Director Jamie Ulmer. This is Season 1, Episode 2, for our special production of The Rocky Horror Show. Coming up in Act 2 of this episode, we talk with Frankie Haynes, who plays Janet. Damn it. We talk about her connection to the show, passion for theater, and a lot more. But first, let's bring up the lights on Act 1. The Ultimate Audience Participation Show. The Rocky Horror Show is probably best known for the cult classic movie that came out in 1975. And just to be clear, the movie is called The Rocky Horror Picture Show, while the stage version came first and is called The Rocky Horror Show. In fact, this year marks the stage version's 50th anniversary. Now, regardless of the title, the main plot elements are the same. Newly engaged, straight-laced Brad and Janet are on a car trip when their car breaks down on a dark and stormy night. They find refuge in the home of the gender-bending Dr. Frankenfurter and his collection of minions and misfits. The script and rock and roll score is by Richard O'Brien. When creating the show, he envisioned it as a send-up of old science fiction and B-horror movies. You know, the kind of shows that are so bad and the acting is so over the top that you just kinda gotta love them or watch them on Mystery Science Theater. That translates into a performance style which is complete and total camp. When Tim Curry, whose career would be launched by the stage and film adaptation of the show, first read the script, uh, he got a sense of the style, and he said to O'Brien, Boy, if this works, it's going to be a smash. The initial run at a tiny 63-seat London theater was a hit in 1973. It would transfer to other theaters in London throughout the 1970s, and the venues kept getting bigger and bigger, and it finally finished its London run in 1980. The show landed in the U.S. with a hit nine-month run in L.A. in 1974, and it was there that Hollywood discovered the show. Now, surprisingly, when the inevitable Broadway transfer happened in 1975, the show flopped. It closed after just 45 performances. And the film wasn't a hit either. It was panned by critics for its sexual content, but it would become a hit as a midnight movie, and that would be further enhanced as audiences began participating in the film, you know, talking back to the screen and coming in costume. In fact, due to this cult participation following, the film is still in limited release 48 years later, making it the longest-running theatrical release in film history. Not bad for a campy little show about an alien mad scientist transvestite. Now counting this production, since 2016, Theodore Lawrence has produced the show as a special event four times. The last time prior to this was 2019. The main production team for the show has been the same for all four of our stagings as well, with Doug Weaver directing, Susan Hires as music director, and choreography by Malia Stockham. When we market shows, it's not unusual for us to say, back by popular demand. 
But you know, popular demand is a great way to describe this show. From the time it was announced as an added event in our season, people have been clamoring for tickets. So much so that we had to add a fourth performance to the show's limited run. The Rocky Horror Show runs approximately 1 hour and 50 minutes with a 15 minute intermission. The specialty shot for this show is the Damn It Janet, and it is served in a test tube. In order to help move the lines at the bar along faster, we will be checking IDs at the door and giving wristbands to audience members over 21. Included in your ticket price is a complimentary prop bag so you can fully participate in the show, but also so that you don't make too much of a mess for our volunteers to clean up in between performances. Outside props such as toast or rice are not allowed in the auditorium. This show is recommended for audiences 16 and older due to sexual content and language. And now, it's time for Act 2. A quick editor's note. While we were in post-production for this episode, we discovered that one of the microphones was malfunctioning during our interview. We kept the interview, but there may be a few times where the audio quality is less than ideal. Thank you. Joining us now on the podcast is Frankie Haynes, who plays Janet. Uh, and Frankie, thank you so much for taking time to join us on the podcast. Sure, sure. I'm really excited to be here. Good. You are our second ever guest. Hello! So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the uninitiated, how would you describe the Rocky Horror Show? Yeah, so I've had to do this a lot recently, you know, <laughs> talking to people about being in the show and talking to my coworkers about being in the show, although I would say that librarians are generally in the know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I would describe this as a show where Brad Majors and Janet Weiss, you know, they go on a wild adventure through a mysterious house where they learn a lot of things. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a line in the show that says, give yourself over to absolute pleasure. And I feel like ultimately this show is about, you know, allowing yourself to be yourself and allowing, you know, saying that pleasure is okay. Um, and giving people permission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and a, in a life-changing way. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so you play Janet. Tell us about Janet. Who is she, and um, what's it like to play this role? Yeah, so I, to me, I really connect with Janet. Um, you know, growing up, I was, I didn't drink at all. You know, I never... I didn't drink until I was old enough to drink. Um, and I, uh, Neither did I. <laughs> neither did we all. But no, I was very, in, in high school, I was very, you know, I don't have a better word for it, like very straight edge, very, um, you know, I didn't party. <laughs> I just did theater. And so uh, when I got to college, you know, it was an opportunity for me to kind of, you know, understand myself better and expand my horizons and so I really connect with Janet you know coming in not knowing a lot of things and being afraid and being uncertain um, but then ultimately you know relinqu relinquishing herself to pleasure mm. and relinquishing herself to Frankenfurter and the house and everybody there so that's that's how I connect with Janet that's how I see Janet yeah yeah um, so you have a 
I would say kind of a deep history with the show. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So my parents, their first date, they met here in Lawrence. Um, they were both getting um, master's degrees at the university at the, t at the time. Um, and they first, um, their first date, they went to the drive-in theater. And I actually just confirmed this with my dad. Um, <laughs> they, they went to the drive-in theater and they saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, and then after that, they went to a live viewing of Rocky Horror at the Varsity Theater, which is now the Granada, but it was a theater at the time. Um, and so I grew up listening to Rocky Horror. You know, to my parents, it was a super special show because that was their first date. And then, you know, from then on, they were together. Mm -hmm. um, and so we used to drive to Colorado every summer and we would listen to Rocky Horror and I would sing along to Damn It Janet <laughs> as a little five-year-old, not really, you know, knowing at all yeah. what any of it was about. And I do think that my parents pretty much only played Damn It Janet in the Time Warp. And ah. that's, I think, appropriate and fair. Maybe right. a little hot patootie. I wouldn't have known what that meant either. Um, but to me, Rocky Horror is very special. And I also, I grew up, um, you know, after I was too old to trick or treat, you know, supposedly. Supposedly. I, I don't know. There's there, there's a bag in my car right now, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but after I was done trick or treating, my friend's dad had like a big in-home theater and he would play Rocky Horror for us every Halloween instead of trick-or-treating and then he would have a bunch of candy in the kitchen and we would just dress up and he would he would also get us newspapers and rice and all the things that we needed to throw at the screen and he would be like make a mess it's fine um, and so I'm I've been you know, closely connected with the show for a long time. It's very special to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, your childhood was just. <laughs> <laughs> My childhood, I would, you know, it's arguably different than others. Yeah. <laughs> My mom really, she loved horror films. Uh -huh. And so I would go and see horror films with my mom all the time. Um, and I still love horror to this day. Mm -hmm. um, I remember, like, I saw Underworld with my mom. I saw, I, I we, used, we used to watch Law & Order together all the time. Um, <laughs> and I, we used to watch True Blood together as oh, a family yes. every Sunday night. We would get <laughs> Chinese food and sit down and watch True Blood. And I remember, you know, at first I wasn't interested. I was a teenager at the time. You know, as a teenager, so I'm interested. I'm like, oh, no, I'm yeah, too cool yeah, for yeah. that. I'm too busy doing not my homework. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my mom was like, no, you'll love it. And then I remember, like, you know, True Blood is a very... Uh, Risque. Yes, I think that'd be a great way to describe <laughs> That's it. That's a great way to describe yeah, yeah. it. And I remember during one of those scenes, my mom was like, "Oh my God, why, why are you watching this?" I'm like, "Mom, you told me to." <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, I think I had a, di a different, a different childhood than yeah. a lot of other people. <laughs> but but you've turned out okay. Yeah, you know, ultimately, <laughs> I think everything's all right. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a great transition into um, let's talk about your your own theatrical journey a little bit. Uh, when were you first bitten? Well, maybe it was in the, on those car trips uh, to Colorado is when you were bitten by the theater bug. Yeah. Um, so so talk about like the first show that you did. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so long ago. I my both my brothers um, did theater as well. My eldest brother is a professional actor. Um, and so I grew up watching shows and I, I found out later that my mom, she was a jazz dancer and she also did theater when she was um, in high school and in college. And actually everybody in my immediate family but my dad have been in the play, You Can't Take It With You. We all were in You Can't Take It With You. So I'm just like, I have to get my dad to be in You Can't Take It With yeah. You. <laughs> maybe maybe we should put that on the reading list. Right? <laughs> so your, your dad can finally be in it. Yes, yeah. And I, I think my first show 
Oh, gosh. I think it was The Wizard of Oz. I mean, I think I've done some, I did like some workshop shows when I was very little, but it was a part of a class. We didn't do the whole show. Yeah, yeah. So I think the first show that I ever did was The Wizard of Oz. I was in sixth grade and I went to a very large middle school. And so, and they would pretty much not say no to anybody. <laughs> so there's about a hundred people in every musical oh. I did. I was in Seussical my eighth grade year. And they even, usually in Seussical, when you, I played the Sour Kangaroo. Oh, um, I can see that. Yes, yeah. Um, and... I, you know, usually when you're the sour kangaroo, uh, your baby kangaroo is like a puppet. Right. But my baby kangaroo was a person. Like, there's about, oh. there about 112 people in that wow. cast. And can you imagine, like, our stage was about the size of this stage, but maybe a little smaller. Yeah. And can you imagine cramming 100 children? No. <laughs> but no. we did it. It was fun. It was wild. But looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't. I could never imagine doing it again. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't even want to think about being in the room with a hundred children, let alone on a stage. Yeah, I don't know how our choir director did it. David Davis, <laughs> somewhere out there. Yeah, pouring out for David Davis. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, that's his real name. <laughs> um, so so you've been doing shows for a while. Um, are there any particular shows that really stand out as, as memorable experiences for you? Yeah, so I one of my favorite shows is Into the Woods. Love that I, I love Into the Woods. I would love to do it here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that was the show that for me made me decide I wanted to do theater. Mm. My, my eldest brother was in Into the Woods when I would have been like 10 or eight, eight or 10, somewhere between there. And I just thought it was so incredible and you know, I didn't see the children's version, so I did see both acts. Ah, and, yes, you yes. know, the, the true message of the show wasn't lost on me. I really, I'd always connected with that message of the show. Um, and so I was like, I, I want to do this. Like, I want to, you know, live a fantasy life and, you know, send people messages that they need through theater. Um, so Into the Woods, and I got to do it my senior year of high school. I was an evil stepsister as one might be. <laughs> and um, I also was in company um, at mm -hmm. AU when I was um, And that role was incredible and challenging. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right? There's nothing like... I remember we usually when you do... Like, they do a, a late winter musical, early spring. So they do, like, our first weekend was late February and then the first weekend of March. But um, we started rehearsing the year before. So we were cast oh, wow. in like late November. And then they gave us, you know, we went in with the accompanist and he recorded our parts for us, Ryan McCall. Um, and um, we rehearsed them over winter break. And so I spent all of my winter break. Part of me is everybody there, but it's everybody's <laughs> there. I think about. Yeah. And so that part was really you know, I hadn't done theater for years at that point. I was, um, I'd actually, I almost went to school for vocal performance and theater performance, and I didn't because I was scared, you know. Yeah, You know, like you are. And so I, it had been years since I had done a show, and I, I felt like, you know, like completely out of my depth. Oh mm. my gosh, I'm all of a sudden doing this challenging part. And um, it was really, the most exciting part was KU used to, KU used to uh, do this thing where they would invite high school students from, you know, multiple local high schools to come and see the show. Mm -hmm. And they would fill their auditorium to the brim with teenagers. And I just remember these teen these teenagers giving me a standing ovation after getting married today. And I was like, if I can make a teenager happy, 
then I have won. Like, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's an important show to me as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm sensing a, a Sondheim theme going on here. You know, I do really like Sondheim, you know? I... As any actor who has ever performed in a Sondheim musical does. Yes, especially because, you know, our music director for company, Ryan McCall, was like, you're going to get the notes right. These recordings, those notes aren't right. And I was like, okay, whatever you say, Ryan, I'll do exactly what you say. Um, but no, I really, I think that um, a lot of his shows really speak to, you know, the real, like, real themes of life. I mean... I, yes, his music is hard. <laughs> yes, he himself was known to be very particular. But ultimately, I think, you know, uh, all of his shows are just beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I do love Sondheim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hint taken. Hint taken. I'm sure I'm not the only one talking about Sondheim. Yes. <laughs> um, back to uh, Rocky Horror. So mm-hmm. people absolutely love this show uh not just here which this is the fourth time theater lawrence has produced the show but just kind of everywhere and in general what do you think it is that makes this show such a fan audience favorite a cult classic as they say i think there's so many things i mean the story of how the show was created is very interesting and it was originally a stage stage Mm -hmm. show before it was a movie and then um, when they produced it as a movie, it kind of flopped with test audiences, and that's how it became a cult classic. And, um, you know, Tim Curry was cast in this role just because he happened to be a performer at the theater where this was first put on. And Meatloaf also was not a, a big star before this movie came out. And so um, I think that's all really, I think it's some things that people don't know, but I think ultimately why people love Rocky Horror. I think it creates a safe space to be different. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it highlights the experiences of people who whose experiences frequently aren't highlighted. Like, this is a story of queerness. This is a story of, you know, being yourself. Um, you know, don't dream it, be it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror really speaks to those folks who feel different, who feel like they, you know, don't fit in. But this is you know, a space where you do fit in. And it's, you know, whenever I, this is my second time being in Rocky Horror. Um, and I think that being in the show also, it creates this space unlike any other, you know, a, a space where it's safe to be weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, as, as we talked about, my childhood was a little bit different. And so I maybe am a little bit different. And Different yeah. or awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. I really am so grateful to have the childhood that I did. And, but I definitely, you know, sometimes feel like I don't connect with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that Rocky Horror gives me that opportunity to be myself out loud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you know, this is your second time doing the show. How does this experience playing Janet compared to your previous experience? Yeah, so uh, previously I was a phantom. Um, and for those who haven't seen the live action show before, the show at all, the phantoms are the ensemble for this show. And they're also frequently the furniture and set pieces for the show. And, you know, the phantoms are, you know, both separate entities and all together one. And they are, you know, um, they are creating the atmosphere of Frankenfurter's Mansion. They are the atmosphere. This year we've been calling them the ooze. They are <laughs> they are um, in the most, you know, sexy way possible. Yes. <laughs> um, and so to be a phantom is so different than being Janet. It's like, 
I'm I was the, as a phantom I was the person trying to invite Janet in and trying to you know be like this one of us <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one yeah. of us um, and now as Janet I, I do think that having been a phantom before it kind of you know it changes the way that I play Janet ah. you know I, I can't remember the name of the character but the movie The Haunting the original like the the original haunting of hill house film mm-hmm. that came out in like 19 god somewhere between 1960 and 1963 yeah. this woman um who's one of the lead characters she at first is like incredibly frightened by this haunted house that is you know scary and ha- creates corridors out of nowhere and grabs you and shakes and growls and is a typical haunted house and so at first she's super frightened and uncomfortable, but ultimately she becomes overtaken by the house and everybody else there is like really worried about her. <laughs> All the other normies, so to speak. But she, she ultimately, you know, accepts like being taken into the house. And I've been kind of, you know, playing with that, you know, oh, yeah. as the Janet that I am, because, you know, at first she is super uncomfortable. This is not obviously what she, um, <laughs> <laughs> is used to um but for me like that's what it reminds me of it's like at first she's so scared and then ultimately she's like oh this is the place for me like i've been so i felt so out of place everywhere else and i feel so at home here mm. um and so yeah that's how i i see janet after having been a phantom yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh cool mm-hmm. so any words of advice for people who may be experiencing rocky for the very first time with this production <sighs> Yes. Um, if you've never seen it before, you might be asked to stand up, but you don't have to stand. We don't have to talk about it. Um, and um, I think that I, I was I was talking to my friend um, at the library who's never seen like one doesn't see a lot of theater, and two has definitely never seen the movie or the show. I actually, have a lot of friends who have never seen the movie or oh, the wow. show who are coming. Um, and so my advice is. This is not like any other theater performance. There's, you know, we want you to participate, but the fourth wall does not exist. Um, uh, there is no fourth wall, so no such thing as a fourth wall in Rocky Horror. So I would recommend that people come ready to have fun, ready to experience something new. Um, and, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, I would encourage you to watch it if you can. Um, there are definitely some major differences between the movie and the stage production, and I think it can be fun to notice those and compare them. Um, and Tim Curry is incredible, and uh, yeah. I mean, this is ultimately the role that, that Sky really made him. his career. Yeah, yeah, this made his career. So I think that if you're a Tim Curry lover, you know, you should see the Frankenfurter that came before it. And, and literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, we need to let you go to rehearsal here. Um, we're recording this interview a week before opening night. Uh, so is there anything that you hope audiences take away after seeing this show? I hope that they take away that, you know, everybody is different. Like, what does it mean? To, I don't know what it means to be normal. Um, and I hope that they take away that, you know, um, that they... Don't dream it, be it. I, I, you should be it. Um, and I want them to feel comfortable being themselves in the ways that all of us who are performing this show are. So, yeah, I hope that they want to be themselves. Yeah, and maybe they'll come do the show sometime. Frankie, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk about the show. Yeah, absolutely. This is so fun. And it's really fun to reflect on my relationship with Rocky Horror and, you know, 
coming full circle and I'm so glad that we're doing the show again and so are a lot of people who have been looking forward to it. And now for the curtain call. The Rocky Horror Show runs one weekend only, October 26th, 27th, and 28th at 7.30 p.m. And due to popular demand, where have we heard that before? We've added a late night show at 11 p.m. on October 28th. Box office is open weekdays from 11.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. and one hour prior to performances. Tickets can also be ordered online at theaterlawrence.com. Just a reminder, this show is not included as part of the regular season package and is recommended for audiences 16 and older. This show is made possible thanks to CT Design and Development. Coming up next on the Theatre Lawrence stage, something completely different. Our regular season production, A Christmas Story, the musical. I'm Jamie Ulmer, and thank you for taking a seat on the aisle with us. <laughs>